0: The Fresh Fiction Podcast is brought to you by Ravel Books and Bethany House, publishers of The Sound of Distant Thunder by Jan Drexler. Jan stopped by today to talk to me about this new book, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. Welcome to season two of The Fresh Fiction Podcast. And welcome back to The Fresh Fiction Podcast, and now I am joined by Jan Drexler, who is the author of the new book, The Sound of Distant Thunder. Jan, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Well, thank you for having me. Well, I am so excited. Um, I have a little place in my heart for um, Amish stories, so I'm really, really looking forward to talking <laughs> to about the Sound of Distant Thunder. First, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: I came to writing a little bit later in my life. My first career was a, was that as a homeschool mom, and it was a career that I loved. But it has an ending point. You know, when your youngest child graduates, then you're out of a job. Right. So um, I had always wanted to write. It was a dream that I kind of pushed to the background while my children were growing up. But when my youngest got into high school, I started looking at what I was going to be doing after they graduated, and I thought about going back to school and getting a degree for teaching or a library science or something like that, because I'm interested in all those things. Mm-hmm. But... um my husband encouraged me to try writing and I said, Okay, I'll give it three years. If I don't sell something in three years then I'll do something else. Well, I actually sold the first book I wrote. Wow. Which is very unusual. Right. And within three years I had my first book contract. So I haven't looked back since then. That's I just cool. keep
0: Writing the ideas that God gives me. Um, did you have a lot of hard time with that first book, or did it kind of just come to you?
1: It came pretty naturally. I've, You know, I, I say I it was my first book, but I had spent the previous 12 to 14 years learning. I, you know, when we, when you, when you're a homeschool mom, You're not just throwing things at your kids. You're learning along with them. Right. And we did a classical education, and I learned a lot about history and logic and rhetoric and and how to write. And we did a wonderful course when my boys were in high school called um, The One-Year Adventure Novel. Mm -hmm.
2: And that really
1: helped me um, solidify in my mind what I had learned in college about writing. And that was really the starting point of being able to do that. So when I got to writing my novel, it came fairly easily because of all the background that I had.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, because you've always done, um, at least I'm looking at your background, you've always done these uh, Amish stories. What's Uh your um, background with Amish?
1: Well, my great-great-grandfather was Amish when he lived in Ohio and um that that side of the family was all Amish, but when he moved to Indiana, he moved to an area where there weren't any other Amish, and he joined a German Baptist brother in church and I had um grown up knowing that our ancestors were Amish, but in my foray into the learning about the Amish was kind of a trying to figure out why weren't we Amish anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know where did that split come, and and it was that grandfather who joined the Brethren Church, and um, that's where my most of my family is now is in the Brethren Church. Um, but I've always had this this uh, heart for the Amish. My I remember visiting my grandmother when I was growing up, and she would point out um, you know the Amish horses and buggies Mm -hmm. and so on in her little town in northern Indiana. And she would say, well, you know, our, our ancestors drove horses and buggies just like that because we were Amish. And that sparked the curiosity.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And I bet it's it's always so wonderful to go to these areas that still are inhabited by Amish um, uh-huh. groups and, and families because it always feels like you're taking a big step back in time.
1: Yes, it, it is. And... Um, my dad still lives in that area in northern Indiana, and we go to visit him a couple times a year. And going to Shipshawana and Middlebury and all these other Amish tourist places, it, it's like going home for me.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. It's it's such a comforting place. My family's from uh, Lancaster mm-hmm. County. So oh, yeah. we do the same thing every couple of years. We go up and visit and see where our people came from, which is really cool. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: It's a, it's neat to have that sort of very American experience. Yeah. So
1: yes. With, and a unique
0: one. Yeah. A very unique one. You know, it's, um, it's something that keeps it's, I don't know. I always find it to be like a really nice heart of, of our American culture. So it's, yes. it's great to see so many books that are kind of tapping into that as well. Uh-huh. I'm very fascinated. I want to go back to a thing you said about the class that you did with your with your boys when they were in high school. About the, did, did you guys have to write a novel in a year? Was
1: that sort of the goal of that class? That that was. It was the name of the course is the one year adventure novel, mm-hmm. and you can find it online by just by searching for that. Um, it was a course that went through the school year, and by the end of the course, you had written the novel. It was. Not a very long novel, sure. <laughs> and it was a and it was a rough draft. but um, uh, we had a lot of fun with it. And yes, all three of us did write a novel.
0: That's so cool. That's what I was going to ask I was yeah. like, yeah, because I, I think you brought up a really great point, which is when you're um, when you are the teacher, you're always learning as well. And so, yes. that's a really cool experience to get. Had that been the first time you had um tried writing a novel since maybe you were in college?
1: Yes, when I was in college I focused more on poetry okay. and short stories. And so this was the first time that I actually thought of something longer and what what writing a novel takes mm-hmm. as far as so, sustaining the story throughout the entire length of the work.
0: Jumping over to your first series um The Journey to Pleasant Prairie um uh-huh. with Hannah Joyce was so that that was your first novel that you wrote.
1: No, my first novel was actually the Prodigal Sun Returns okay. that was published by Love Inspired Historical. Gotcha. And I that's it was in uh May of two thousand thirteen when that came out. Wow, so you really are just
0: a little a little writing a little writer baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Have you been Anything able to find, when you like, don't have little children around? That is true. I was going
0: to say there's not as many distractions. You get to kind of right. set your own schedule. Do you um, start your day writing, or do you find yourself writing later in the day?
1: Well, if on a normal day, I start. I get up about five thirty or six o'clock, and I start out with um, Bible reading, Bible study, and then I have two dogs that have to be fed and taken out, of course, and walked, and so on. Very fast, and then I. Um, And then there's breakfast, of course, but then I spend about an hour on the computer on social media, where I read a couple blogs every day, and there are, um, of course, I put things on Facebook and Goodreads and and those kinds of things. But then about 8.30 or 9 o'clock is when I really settle down to start writing, and I try to write for a couple hours in the morning, take about an hour for lunch, and then I write a couple hours in the afternoon. Oh, Nice. And then um, I save an hour for at the end of the afternoon because I'm tired. Mm-hmm. You know, writing is mentally exhausting. It is very much. But fun. I I save an hour or so to do research. As I'm writing, questions will come up and I'll just jot them down and then I'll look them up during that last hour. Or maybe it, I have a blog post that I need to be working on and I'll work on that then.
0: When you started writing and probably maybe a little bit now, do you have a good writer's community around you?
1: Yes. When I first started, my writing community was online. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in the process of moving from Kansas to South Dakota, and so I didn't connect with the writers in Kansas because we were leaving. Right. And when I got to South Dakota, I didn't find a writer's community here. Um, we have formed one now. We've, I found other writers, and we have formed a branch of uh, the ACFW, um, our own little... We're, a, we're part of the larger Dakotas ACFW chapter. Yeah. But we uh, meet every, the last Friday of the month, so we have a meeting this morning. Oh, man. You have which a... will be a lot of fun. Oh, good. I bet, I, I yeah. always imagine when you
0: get a bunch of writers together that it's like 80% good time and then the rest of the 20% yeah. is like, okay, guys, we actually have to do some work today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's a lot of support, too, because writing is a such a Um, internal thing Mm -hmm. to do and we are not social people. Writers usually aren't. And so to get together with other people who speak your own language is wonderful. And the online communities are so valuable too. I belong to Seekerville, um, which is, there are 14 of us authors and we have a blog um, that we add to every At least three times a week, sometimes four or five times a week. And that is a real community. We have um, discussions in the comment section of the blogs where we discuss the topic at hand or pray for each other or whatever we need to
2: do. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, that's that's always so great. Well, switching uh-huh. gears a little bit, let's. Um, we want to make sure we talk about the newest novel, and you're starting a yeah. brand new series with this. Um, yes. So the Amish Weavers uh, Creek series, this is your second series that you've done, correct? Yes, the second um, series, The Travel, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about The Sound of Distant Thunder. Well, it starts at the beginning of the Civil War. Actually, the war has been going on for about nine months to a year when the story opens, and the it's affecting the this little Amish community that I created in my mind mm-hmm. in uh, Holmes County, Ohio, and specifically Jonas, who's the hero of the story. He's a young man; he has not yet um, joined the church which means that he has not held to the same standards as someone who has joined the church. Right. So he is kind of, he's interested in the abolitionist movement, which was very strong then, and he is kind of, you know how it is when you're young, you kind of play with these ideas that would be forbidden otherwise. So he's kind of playing with this idea of what what if he fought in the war, what if he fought to help free the slaves, which is is his goal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he is in love with his neighbor, Katie, who is another year or two younger than he is, and they're planning on getting married. And so he's building a house and building for his future and puts away these ideas of, of going to war. But then Ohio, which is where they're living, um, instituted a statewide draft at, early in the war because they weren't getting enough volunteers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the um, his brother's name is comes up in the draft, and his brother is older, a member of the church, has a family, and the Amish have been given the option to hire someone to take their place, but Samuel Jonas's brother doesn't feel that that is good either. He doesn't want to hire someone and send them off to war. So he's going to he do Samuel doesn't know what he's going to do. He's he's kind of stuck. And then so Jonas decides he's he will go to war in his brother's place. And so there's the the rest of the story then is about his experiences in the war and also his relationship with Katie. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, his family left behind. You know, how is this going to affect his future as an Amish person? Yeah. And, you know, how is he going to even survive the war?
0: There's so much richness in there. There's so much, like, push and pull that he has to go through mm-hmm. in this massive mm-hmm. journey.
1: Right. And then the, the response of his parents, you know, they they raised him to be a good Amish person. And um, then he goes off to war. You know, how do they re- respond to that? Right. You know, to Do they support him or do they um, just shun him, you know, which which he wouldn't be shunned officially by the church, but it's in the, we'll, we'll see what happens to him.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's always reasons, there's so many reasons for that Amish will shun their different members, so,
1: uh-huh. yeah.
0: Uh-huh. So, with, um, what I was really interested in is that you've got this sort of, you know, you've got the, the Amish romance, which is so popular, but then it's also uh-huh. this historical, um, and you, talk, you talked earlier about how you will do your research while you're writing, but I'm sure you also do your research in advance. Was this story yep. inspired by um, any real research that you found, or was it just sort of all these different composites, and you Kind of created this character.
1: Well, it started out with research because um, my husband is uh, went through a time where he really was interested in the Civil War history, mm-hmm. and we were living in Kentucky at the time, so we had access to some Civil War battlefields, and and he and I both read books and we visited some battlefields, and um, I I was also caught up in the in this history of this war that was so important in our in our country's history. And so one of the books that I found as I was looking for books to research for my first series was, um, it's called uh, Amish, the Mennonites and Amish and the American Civil War. Mm -hmm. And so I bought it and I thought that there's got to be a story in here somewhere and I was right, there was. Um, There were only two or three Amish who were members of the Church who fought in the war. And it wasn't very common for them to do that, but there were other people with Amish connections or Mennonite connections who did fight in the war, and their experiences is where I brought in the, some of the details of for this story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Jan, our time is almost up, but I wanted to before we uh, before I let you go. I was interested to know what you are currently uh, watching, reading, and listening to.
1: Okay, I um, I don't watch a lot of television. Um, but I do watch movies. Great. And we love uh, classic movies. So the last movie I watched was Casablanca.
0: Oh, that's a good one. It's
1: probably the fourth or fifth time I've seen it, but I caught details that I'd missed before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was it's just a fascinating movie, and I love it. Um, what I'm reading right now is I, I read voraciously. I think every author should read widely and deeply. Yes. And... So right now I'm in the middle of a uh, mystery by Elizabeth Peters, where she wrote um, mysteries that take place in Egypt in the, at the time when the Valley of the Kings was just being explored in the late 1800s. And her um, detective is named Amelia Peabody. So her stories are a lot of fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And next on my reading list is one of the Sackett series by Louis L'Amour. I love historical fiction.
0: Oh, look at you. Mystery to to historic, well, saying historical, but yeah.
1: Western, yeah. And then um, the next on my list after that is a new one by James Patrick called Everything She Didn't Say. And that one, I just received it in the mail, so that will be my next one after that. So I, I read probably, I try to read two or three books a week. Okay. And I also read nonfiction as well as fiction.
0: Are you listening to uh, it could be podcasts, music, um, um, audio books.
1: Yeah, I I love cross stitch, and that's my addiction mm-hmm. is counter cross stitch. And when I'm working on that, then I listen to an audiobook. book um, rather than. Or if we're not watching a movie, I'll listen to an audio book. And the one I'm listening to right now is The Return of the King by Tolkien. Oh, how fun! Yeah. It's, uh, I used to read that series every fall, mm-hmm. and so it's, I, almost, I think I almost have it memorized, but I still love listening to it. It's such, so well-written.
0: Yeah, and especially when you get a good narrator to read it, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's so easy to get lost in that. Yes, yes. Well, that's great. Well, Jan, before I let you go, um, for our listeners, how can, they st- how can readers stay in touch with you and find out more about you?
1: Well, I have a website. Um, com. and on my website I I have a little bit of everything. I have some Amish recipes. I have um, my biography there, and all of my books with links to buy them. Perfect. And um, I also have a contact me, and if you send me an email, I will contact you. I will answer you, and you can also find me on Facebook and um, Twitter and Goodreads and BookBub, I'm on all those. And then also um, be sure to stop by Ravel, their website, my publisher's website. And you can, I'm on there as well as the
0: other Ravel authors. Well, uh, Jan Drexler, thank you so much for giving me time this morning. Um, we're heading into a holiday weekend, so I know everybody's traveling uh-huh. and getting ready to go. But um, like Jan said, you can find her books on Amazon and Barnes Noble um, uh-huh. and anywhere books are sold. And we're so excited about the launch of the, uh, the Sound of Distant Thunder. It's coming out in September. Thank you so much, Jan, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you very much. You too. I'd like to extend my thanks again to Jan Drexler for joining me today. You can find The Sound of Distant Thunder anywhere books are sold. I'd also like to thank Ravel Books and Bethany House for their continued support of the podcast. We couldn't do this without them, so thank you so much. Make sure you stop by FreshFiction.com to find out more about Jan and other Ravel and Bethany House authors. Hey guys, we have a second season, but you know, we are still growing. So anything you can do to help us, if you've uh, rated the podcast, push those five stars at the bottom of each of your uh, your apps, like us on um, Facebook, but also just subscribe, tell your friends and share us. You can always find us on Twitter at Fresh Fiction, Instagram by following Fresh Fiction and on Facebook. So until next time, happy reading.